Absolutely, you do, Vaughn. It's been catastrophic what's happened up there. Not not only off field, but on field. 465 points conceded shows that there's far more fractions in the joint than just their, their playing ability. It's something that has to be done. I think for his own sanity and and welfare, it's the right decision for for Seabolt to step aside. And I personally think it's the opportunity for Kevin Walters to, to step in and give him the opportunity. It, it, it's been murmured now for such a long time, him taking the reins there at the club that he loves, and it's his time now to step in and try and fix what's been a catastrophic period for the Broncos, something that I never thought I'd see. You're not sure nobody follow us? As I told you, it would be absolutely, totally, and in all other ways... Catastrophic. He's climbing the rope. And he's gaining on us. Catastrophic. Got very good arms. He didn't fall! Catastrophic. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Inconceivable! G'day everybody, welcome to episode 221 of Not The Footy Show, I'm Warwick Nicholson and there's no Rob Cox this week, well there is this week, hopefully in a couple of days, but in the meantime you've got a Monday podcast and you've got the Masked Singer's number one fan himself, Mr Matty Duncan, hello sir. Hello, uh, Wozniacki. No, I'm not number one. I'd say my son Ezra is a clear number one. I'd probably be a top five, but uh, a very popular uh, show in the Duncan household. Now, people haven't had Not The Footy Show, and we had one episode, you and me, three weeks ago, in amongst a six-week period. And fans of The Masked Singer might actually be coming into a very similar situation, uh, Matthew, where apparently there's been somebody's got the old COVID and they've had to shut down production. I know you're going to be crushed by it, but how's your young fella going to feel if he? If he oh mate, we've had, we've had that actually. It's we've had to hide the news. Like we've just had to keep it low key and haven't told him yet. We're not sure how to break it to him. But yeah. you would have thought a show where they wear masks was uh, was the last one to get shut down. But here we are. So are ready to film the grand final and they're yeah. on the bench. Oh, people have requested that we do this show in masks, and I I cannot blame them. Um, well, what about we could have done it in a Lockyer mask? Remember a couple of years ago for his farewell, they had a, a Lockyer mask. It actually looked like he's more like Scott Minto than... Yeah, than well, Lockyer. you know, well, when you're talking about great um, Brisbane Broncos players, he's, he's in like at least the first... He's time. in the conversation, yeah. He is, he is, he is. Up there with Stevie Michaels. Uh, mate, we have to get to what is going to be a very short podcast. We promised this because Matt yes. has a, a deadline. I actually got the stuff i got to do at the end of this. It was supposed to be done this afternoon. Long story short. Uh, we're going to get into the episode right after the break, but we are going to be very Broncos-centric because people just love that stuff, particularly uh, those north of the border. And we're back with episode 221 of Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Hang on, I'll use, uh, I'll use this as a stand. Oh, there we go. Does it have anything about um, how to run a football club in there? No, that chapter has uh, been omitted. <laughs> okay, we're back and the show is well underway already just... Clicking on all cylinders here, Matthew. Uh, we're, we're actually doing it on um, Zoom, everybody. You, so that means you get a YouTube version. And I've actually rejigged the, the formatted way that the um, thumbnail looks or whatever. So you can watch it with captions. Now, it's down to oh, what, what YouTube interprets what we're saying. But I've uh, now got it going. So if you want to watch it with captions... Why you want to watch it? First place, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see how um, YouTube goes with my Queensland accent. Well, could, yes, uh, good battle there. Very good point. Uh, I know I was looking at some test uh, stuff this afternoon, 
and when you said Tom Dearden, it said Tommy Eden. So okay, uh, Greg, yeah, Greg's, yeah. Greg's younger brother is uh, getting yes the uh, the great import. Uh, was that under the Paul White uh, regime, the Greg Eden sighting? Yeah, well, well Whitey's been there for a while now. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you he was, yeah. Mm. Because there was another guy that he signed that was uh, just proven as Greg Eden. That was uh, Seabold. Now, Supercoach Seabold had one year, signed a five-year deal or a six-year deal or whatever deal it is. We know what's been going on in the last six weeks or so. Uh, Broncos keep losing. They did a win there the other week, which was nice. But the story is basically truncated to this. The Courier Mail slash Fox Sports slash whoever have been pushing the sack him, sack him, sack him, step away, step away, step away, et cetera, for a long time now. And the report came out, was it today or yesterday? Today? Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. late last night, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's saying that there is a $1 million payout on the table for young super coach Seabold. If he wants to take it, he can walk away now. And... Uh, long story short, you know, make everyone happy. And the name that has been put forward, and we've given Supercoach Seabold a lot of time on this show before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him, is the old boy, Kevy Walters, back into uh, prominence up there at Brisbane. And, I, you, and if you're watching on YouTube, everybody, you know what Matty just did then. Uh, he's covered his face with his hands and he's got good reason to. What, what is this obsession with Kevy? I don't mind it from an origin point of view. As in South Wales fan, I'm very happy. But uh, Kevy Walters, he, he, he swung and missed a couple of times on this gig, from what I understand. He's swung and missed on a couple of other clubs. What, what is, first, I'll ask two questions. Your view in a second, but I want you to give me the, the wider Broncos fan base view. Do they channel what the likes of Mick Ennis are saying where they think that you bring the old boy back who's got the club legend in him and he's going to fix everything for a club that clearly has uh, a lot of issues. But is Kevy Walters the answer as far as the wider Broncos supporter base views it? Look, there, there seems to be a little bit of groundswell in that greater Broncos supporter base that, yeah, Kevy, Kevy's the solution. He, he won five grand finals. He captained the grand final winning team. Champion fella, no doubting that. There's no, there's no one in the game that's ever had a knock on on Kevy as a bloke. So I think there's just part of that that people think, oh well, he, he knows the Broncos. So what, out there, there's a general feeling, but yeah, Kevy's the answer. But look, like, not for me. Nowhere near it. Like I, I, I was grateful. I wanted um, Demetriou to get the role. When, when Bennett was going. And I think it was a three-way. They were the three that were into, interviewed, Seabold and Kevy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as long as it's, I was to the point that I was happy with Seabold because Kevy wasn't getting the job. Yeah. That's, that's where I was as, yeah. as a supporter. Um, look, Kevy's had a lot of roles in rugby league over time. I don't think he's officially been sacked from any of those assistant roles, but I think... He's been told, hey, Kevy, yeah, maybe said, hey, why don't you say you're moving on for family reasons? But I think I think I would fairly confidently say he's been sacked from at least two or three assistant mm. roles that I know he's had. Mm. People forget, and I'd forgotten until I just saw this then, that he actually coached Catalan's Dragons for two years. Yeah. And, before yeah. Robbo came on board. And I know 
grapevine, and I don't I don't want to give up any players, but I've heard through the grapevine a couple of players that played under him there um, that said he was the worst coach they had in their career while he was coaching the Catalan Dragons. You get the impression with Kevy that it is a, this is sort of like we did it, she'll be right kind of thing. That's the, that's, that's the, it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And sometimes that, that works. And I think where that works, and I think Mal Meninga is the classic example of this, when you've got great players that can work because yes. you haven't got to necessarily develop in them, them in the same way as you do in club land. And you sort of seen, I mean, look, New South Wales have got better in the last few years. There's no doubt about that. And the shift in who has the great flyers has, has changed. But, but poor old Kevy sort of, like any coach, you need the cattle. But I'm going to read you the quote. This is from Mick Ennis. Okay, it's from the Fox Watts website. He says, I personally think it is the opportunity for Kevin Walters to step in and give him the opportunity. It has been murmured now for such a long time, him taking the reins at the club that he loves, and it's time now to step in and fix what has been a catastrophic period for the Broncos uh, and something I've never thought I'd see. It's not a comment that would fill anyone with a great deal of uh, confidence that Kevy's actually the answer. It's kind of like, no. he's in the mix, yeah, go with Kevy. Like, it's not, it's not a, a, a resume backed comment it's just oh kevy's a legend he'll go there but this is the issue that i have with the whole oh, and, and, and i think part of it too as well i think a lot of people say well he can't be any worse than seabold give him a crack at least, at least he loves the broncos like that's just i i think that's a bit of the feeling around yeah uh there's a there's a person that comes to mind and i'm not saying this is the same deal it's just one example that i think of uh phil gould was in charge of the panthers Okay, and he came in after an established coach in Ron Willey. Not he wasn't there at um, at Penrith as long as Bennett was at Brisbane and all the rest of it. But Phil Gould came in to a team that had a lot of star power, meshed them together, coached them up, and they won a title in '91. They made the grand final in '90. Uh, if not for some personal tragedy in '92, they they would have gone back. But they retooled in '94 with a bunch of signings. They got Trevor Gilmister, Gary Freeman, a few others. And halfway through the year, Phil Gould took a job at the Roosters and left the Panthers, et cetera, et cetera. The guy that Penrith brought in, do you remember who it was to replace Phil? Penrith at the time? No, I don't. I don't. That escapes me. Was this is a good question? That was the, the Prince of Penrith, Roycey Simmons, came on board. Oh, yes. Yep, 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 of course. And Roycey took control for a number of years. He, he got him to a... Uh, they did a right in Super League. I made the finals in Super League. Uh, I made the finals in 2000. Uh, and then he was moved on and they brought in John Lang and won the title in 2003. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that Kevy Walters is going to have the same level of success as what Royce Simmons has. It, it, I'm just equating it to a very similar situation where you had a, mm. a coach for who, I mean, Gould wasn't at Penrith as long as Bennett was, but you had a, you had a super coach who's delivered a premiership, delivered success, and they followed it up with, someone who's more of a club legend than whatever. And I'm not yeah. saying that, and I guess what I'm saying is that under, under Royce, they, they did okay, but they never took another step. And that is my worry with Kevy coming on board is, is he, the, is he the kind of coach, and as you say, your grapevine suggests maybe not, that is going to go in and make players better. He might inspire them a little bit to begin with. And, and look, we're not coaches. We're not pretending that we're coaches. 
no. It's this classic, you know, podcast um, jibber-jabber. But what I will say is the Kevy solution doesn't cut it if you just look at Kevy Walters. The worry for Brisbane is if you don't take Kevy Walters, do you settle for Paul Green? Do you think Paul Green's the answer? Do you? Do you? Who else is out there? And that is the yeah, and that, the worry for Brisbane fans is maybe Kevy is the best of the lot. Well, that that that's that's a couple of conversations I've had with with fellow supporters is who, what options are there at at the moment on on the free market? There's there's Green who's got a big question mark over him. Yeah. With with how the Cowboys capitulated, um, and then and then who else who else is really around? Do you, do you, they give Todd Payton a tap on the shoulder? Like I don't I don't know the answer. And this is the tr- trouble that they've got with this whole anti Seabold get rid of him. And look, we're not the biggest fans of Seabold. We've openly said that um, in the way that he coaches, and I think the way that he's handled this from an on field perspective, I think has been from our perspective, it's been pretty average. Um, but you know, you, you, the the answer sometimes isn't always sucking them, and this is the no. chance that the the Broncos board and the chairman and the rest of it who have made all these decisions have got to um, come up with. I will say this though, and you have been on him for a couple of years. Uh, Tommy Dearden's last two weeks have been extremely positive, uh, in my view. He has played not amazing football, but passionate wanting to make a difference football, that is the kind of thing you desperately want to see in a young halfback. It's been great to watch. Oh, fantastic watch. And and even though they've been beaten, the structure that he's delivered to that that team has just been where they'd gone under Croft. It was just that one out, hit up, and then run around like a headless chicken on the fifth. There's just that structure that you can see, well, they get a few players back and maybe a better vibe. There's there's something to work with anyway, isn't there? You know, and like I, I think I said on the last, you've got Dearden, Haas, Stags. That's that's a pretty good core to to work with going forward. Like there's don't get me wrong, there's a lot of there's a long way to go, but they're three players that I think any club would be be happy with. I'll put this out to you as we get off the Broncos, or you win another game this year. Do we play Canterbury again? <laughs> That's a good question. I haven't had a look at the draw. Either, either have I. I'd say, well, if Seabolt officially gets sacked, you're always a chance once the coach goes. You get that one kind of everyone gets up and say, well, we've got to prove it was the coach and not us. So maybe. But look, at this point, I've seen nothing to say that we we can get past. And, and, and look, whoever we beat, look out, you're in trouble. <laughs> Um, and the last part of this, Seabold departs, takes his million dollars. Does he take all the shirts with him? Yes, well, you'd, you'd hope so. And the RM Williams as well. I think they're part of the package as part of the, the termination deal. You get a feeling that he's sort of, he's been behind. Oh, I want to look good, you know, when we're winning all these. Yeah. And, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Fired the Colonel Mustard. I think it's all going to get put out. On, you know, they apparently someone dropped a Broncos jersey out front of the uh, yes. club the other day when it happened to be. Yeah. How many journos were there? And how many... All the journos oh, were there, yes. No. Well done, Corey, mate. Uh, but yes, I think there'll be this big, huge pile of uh, plaid T-shirts and um, Colonel Mustard jackets just sitting on the front of Broncos HQ. Uh, we'll be back after the break, talk about another Brisbaneite uh, after the break. Uh, Cam Smith, carry on Cameron. Where will he carry on in 2021 if he does? So we're back after the break here on Off The Footy Show. Off The Footy Show. Show. April 2002. 
and a boy from Brisbane drew attention and praise as he stepped into the first grade cauldron for Melbourne, firstly against the Bulldogs and the following week against the Dragons. Halfback for the Melbourne Storm from the Brisbane North Club. The halfback, Grubbering looking for the in-goal area. Matt Rua out there now in 15 for the Storm. Here's Cameron Smith again. A kick this time over the head of Utah. And the kicking game from the halfback, the replacement for Marty Turner, has been very good so far. Yeah, he's done a great job so far, debuting. Um, he looks very composed. He's not being flustered by the opposition. There's no doubt they'll be calling his name and putting some pressure on him, but plenty of time. Doesn't look to be worried about uh, his position in the side. Certainly a player of the future. Matt Orford will return next week, but in the meantime, we have to survive. And we've got a couple of youngsters there. I think the first time we've had two 18-year-olds in our uh, 17 with uh, Cam Smith and Michael Russell. Okay, we're back. Uh, Maddie has just checked his cupboard. There's no plaid. There's no Colonel Mustard. Am I right about that? Or is there some some classic uh, plaid shirts uh, sitting in there? No, 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 nothing there. And especially since uh, my job's work from home now, my, my cupboard is very, very basic now. So... Uh, very, very good. Uh, Cam Smith, uh, his cupboard's not basic because he's got a, a billion rep jerseys and testimonial jerseys and club jerseys and all the rest of it. He, as he enters, uh, what is it, uh, season 58 uh, of his career, the stories are coming out even and stronger now. He's actually been injured. It's funny how a player who was playing at the top of his game again, which he was a month ago, gets injured and all of a sudden the whole discussion about will he come back, won't he come back, is he past it? It, it's bubbles to the surface again when a player's not playing, I find always that interesting. The stories, depending on who you hear from, is he will he wants to go around next year, he won't go around next year. But the key part of this whole Cam Smith discussion is not so much will he go to Brisbane or will he go to the Gold Coast, whoever. It's if Melbourne decide that he will come back in 2021, it is going to cost them Brandon Smith. Are they going to be happy with that how do I put it that that exchange because they've also got Harry Grant coming back I guess what I'm asking is is Brandon Smith playing for the Melbourne Storm in 2021 because I think it's a bigger story than whether Cam Smith does or not uh I I think this is how I see that I I think Cam Smith I'd like to see him go around but I think he retires and Brandon Smith stays that that's that's my prediction. Is Brandon Smith happy to stay if Harry Grant comes back? That's the bit that I find interesting. Well, that's that is interesting. That is that is an interesting point, but and very interesting to play it out in the media as it's gone. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting. I don't think Melbourne would have been overly happily happy with that. So, well, that's the, the news well, basically came out from the agent of Brandon Smith coming out saying that if Cam's here, I'm not. We're gone. Yeah. And the, yeah. What's, what's amazing about that comment is that for the last, it's got to be three years at least. Brandon Smith's come out on Instagram in direct interviews and said, no, I'm here. Oh, I'm committed yeah. to the club. Yeah. It doesn't matter if Cam Smith's here or not. I'm here. I'm here. He's been a, a good little soldier. Uh, and the problem that he's got is if Harry Grant comes back, you've got Dale Finnecane, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi. So there isn't a spot even in the back row. No. To start, if you're Brandon Smith, so I think he, I think he's gone regardless of what Cam Smith does. If I'm honest, and I think yep. Cam has ultimately cost Melbourne him by playing on, which is fine. Like, don't get me wrong, it's yep. not a bad thing for Cam to play on, but that's it's ultimately cost him Brandon Smith, I think. And 
whoever decides to sign him, good luck to you because you're getting a quality, quality footballer. Oh, absolutely. And where would he be favourite to go, Waltz, in your opinion? Well, if I do the old telegraph idea and go, who has all the money? Uh, well, the, the one that makes complete sense from a desperate need point of view, it is Canterbury because they haven't got a hooker. Yeah. Marshall King, he, he, he's not bad, but he's not the long-term answer. Katoa's meh. Like, he's just a bench bench hooker. Brandon Smith, go get your money at Canterbury. Uh, they can just find a halfback to go with him. Uh, yeah. That would help them a, a great deal. Uh, would they like Brady Croft? <laughs> what? Oh, I know, yeah, you're off him, but when he first came into first grade, I can only think that it's got to be an attitude thing that didn't make him mesh with um, Bellamy because his first two or three times you saw him play in that Melbourne system, he fit the system beautifully. He did. He did. No, I agree. I agree. But something's, something's happened. Yeah. Um, if it's I mean, a confidence thing or something along those lines, but he's not the same player. No, he isn't. Uh, very few to see where he ends up. But hey, Canterbury, you could do worse. You could have Lachlan Lewis or Jack Cogger or Brandon Wakeham at halfback. Oh, poor old Bulldogs. Uh, Cam Smith, will he play in 2021? I'm saying, oh. If I base it purely on his track record of wanting to stick around and stick around and stick around, I'm still flabbergasted he hasn't played for Queensland the last two years. So am I. My gut feel is he'll go around again. If I don't win the comp this year, I think he goes around again and he just goes, stuff it. I'm going to try and win another comp. That's my gut feel. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I don't think he goes to another club. Hmm. Would you agree there? Yeah, I would agree. Unless he wants to go play with Dave Fafita at the um, Titans. who the also uh, yeah. But that's it. And Harry Grant, I think he ends up, sorry to all the Tigers fans, he'll go back to Melbourne. I'm most certain of that one. Uh, For sure. There's no chance the Tigers make the top eight. So when Harry comes back, there's no magical run to the second or third yep. where the final's going to happen that makes him want to change his mind. We're back after the break to give a quick review of, was it round 15? I think it was. Here or not, pretty I think sure. so. Not the footy show. Show. Sure. a Central Coast lad from memory, played with the Yamina Bunnies. Maybe I'm wrong. Nia Corey. Just on his own side of the halfway. Okay, last segment, not the footy show. We've moted through the two main topics. Matthew, well done. Congratulations. Weekend footy is in the books. And as many people have been openly saying, the top eight looks decided. I don't know if it is because I think Cronulla suck. They do. <laughs> That's my... But I think the problem that they've... The advantage they have is that the Tigers, Dragons and Seagulls suck even more and even the Warriors. That's right. Yes. The, the Sharks differential is not horrendous, uh, but they've got a four-point lead, five rounds to go. I know they got dusted by Penrith because Penrith are a much better football side, but they might just do the old Homer Simpson and get in by default. That's the feeling. Yep. Uh, yeah. Going through the games in the weekend, Eels 14, Storm 0. Yeah. It's kind of what we expected the week before with all the players out for Melbourne against the Roosters. This time, uh, yeah, without anybody really to create, apart from old Pappenhausen, um, the Eels did that pretty easily. 
There's a big thing coming out of the game though, and I wanted to touch on it with you, and that is the Crusher tackle crackdown began. And we had Mike Acevo staying down a couple of times. Um, Murata Nikore got banned for one game. If he challenged, he'd have two. There was a tackle in that. Now, I haven't sent it to you yet, um, but I don't know if you saw it. Where Nelson the Sofa Solomona, who has a record of doing this, he stands, he comes in as the top defender and he'll put his arms over the top of the guy's arms up around his head. Now, you sort of like you're locking it over the top. And it's not on the ground he does it. He kind of has them where they're getting held around the body or the, the waist. And he'll come over the top and he'll get his whole body and he'll throw his legs out and almost WWE style pin them to the yeah. ground. From a, from it's a hop. very WWE. I know the I know the tackle you're talking about. Yeah. Forty eighth minute, people. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the YouTube version. You can watch it here. But forty eighth minute of the game on Thursday night. That is a absolute textbook style of slow the play the ball and risk the crusher. There is more risk in that tackle than anything else that was done on the weekend. That may have been any done thing done this whole year in terms of crusher stuff. Didn't rate a mention in the telecast either. Telecast didn't attract a fine, uh, didn't attract a suspension, didn't attract a charge, didn't attract a penalty because the player didn't get hurt, which still does my head in, um, how he didn't get hurt. He's just pure luck because the, the defender, the ball carrier's neck, basically, it's a matter of whether or not, as Osofa Solomon pulls his body weight back, his, his head fits through the gap. That's, mm. the, that's, the, that's the risk that is being run there. And yet... We also, this is the bit that really has hit me, is that Vaughan gets two weeks the night later, so be it. They're going to try and stamp it out, then I guess that's what you try and stamp out, but then you should challenge this tackle. But then in the rest of the weekend, players were hitting people high with clenched fists, and they've been fined. Yeah. So Solomona goes in with his shoulder into the head of Nia Kore, gets fined. What is the message that the NRL is sending if you're going to crack down on crusher tackles, which are effectively trying to slow the play the ball down as, as, as happened because coaches are smarter than the game, but you're allowed and you're almost encouraged to go and hit people on the head because you only get a fine. I don't, I don't get that message. What, what help me, Matthew? I, I don't, I, well, no, I, I don't either. And I'm, I'm not sure. I don't sure the NRL know, do they? Like, it just seems, I don't know. It's got me beat. So if you haven't seen it, I will put it on YouTube version. I may even put it up on, facebook.com slash general podcast for you to see the uh, Nelson uh, tackle. And there was a bunch of other um, penalties. Tavita Funa gets sent to the sin bin, gives away an eight-point try and gets a fine for a high tackle. Like, uh, I'm lost. Anyway, uh, Panthers 38, Sharks 12. Panthers are playing great footy. I'm enjoying it. I know. They're a good, t- good team to watch. Um, I'm going to get uh, Cocksmith to go into what he thinks is the key to them, apart from Cleary, but what he, why he thinks that they're sort of turn the corner when we speak to him next. Uh, your Broncos, they push the Dragons all the way, mate. And you can argue you probably should have won that match. Um, but what do you take from that they from did. an encouragement point of view? Oh, not not a lot. There just doesn't seem to be... Uh, the, to be honest, you take away that first 10 minutes where they have two terribly soft tries. Mm. Yeah, they probably win it. But that's... If it doesn't come at the start, it's coming at the end. They're just not putting 80 minutes together. So, But like we mentioned earlier... Tom did and a, a big positive, and and Patrick Carrigan is um, look looks a real like the, a type of player that you need in a team, like mm. not not a 
for feet or a horse, but a, a player that's important to a pack. He's so. not a difference guy, but he's a he's a glue guy. It's a bit of a yes, yep, yep. Which you need, yeah, yeah. Uh, then on Saturday, uh, I know the score was 36 16 uh, Raiders over Titans, but Josh Papali, oh, you know, I love him. Oh. The Papaya King, it's one of the great moments in rugby league history, is it not? Oh, it's it's right up there, outstanding, outstanding. Uh, up there with Marty Lang chasing down Rod Wishart, or, or we didn't Paul actually Harrigan. get to him. Paul yeah, Harrigan running that's down right. Olivier, one of the great moments in rugby yep. league. Uh, yeah, I just I think what I love about that play the most is. You just look at Papa's face and he's like, I can't get him, but I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. And then yeah. he just throws his body down, knocks him over, and then he knocked on, which was even even the greater part of it. Uh, Ricky Stewart's use of his bench and the way he's using his forwards does my head in a little bit at the moment, but still good win for the Raiders. Tigers, that first half is just the Tigers in a nutshell, isn't it? They lost 38-16, but I don't care what they did in the second half. That first half just... No, they're... they're, uh, they're... Geez, they disappointed the Tigers. I, I said previously, I really thought they were a good team this year, and geez, they've, they've really been horrendous. I'll take one thing that was said in the, the was that at the half, out of the halftime um, report, and apparently Michael Maguire said, Stop, stuff the structure, just play some football. Now, anyone who's listened to this podcast for three minutes, let alone 10 years or whatever, have been doing it for. How hard is it for coaches to realize this from time to time? If you've got talented players, why don't you just let them play some football? Some football. I don't let, get it. Let footballers be footballers. Ah, oh, yeah. And then they play. He goes, oh, apparently in the press conference, he goes, oh, yeah, I was really encouraged by that second half. Well, have me ask him to play that kind of football from time to time. Doesn't play it all the time. Yeah. Just from time to time. And you might not have uh, six wins from 15 starts. Uh, Rabbitohs, 56-16. Desi had a Saturday night to remember, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't see a lot of the game. I checked the score. I was going to stand and watch. I was like, hmm, well, actually, not the first much in this. Yeah. Like, if you either love the bunnies or you hate manly, so it's really yeah everybody, uh, you uh, would love watching that first half. It was it was all manly in the first five or six minutes. They South couldn't tackle, and the moment they got a bit of possession, it was just try, 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 and Desi. Uh, took the headphones off after about 10 minutes and just stopped coaching. He just went, yeah, can't do anything. And he just had that look on I'm his out. face. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, unlucky Desi. Uh, that's probably the Seagulls done. But hey, rugby league is a funny game. And Bulldogs, uh, I don't know, mate. Everyone's been going on about their effort and all this kind of stuff. But they've lost three games this year. But they, uh, I just think their attitude towards finishing teams off has just gone out the window. They've just, They've gone to the whole completion idea after winning, leading a game by 10 points. And they've that's been right. And just, yeah. again, the Warriors 20 to 14. Good on you, Warriors. That's what I say. Yeah. The yeah. Um, and Roger Tuivasa-Shek back playing some decent footy, which is great to see uh, once again. And then the worst game of 2020 by a country mile. Oh, and maybe just not 2020. It was, geez, it was a stinker. 12 nil. Knights over Cowboys. If you wanted to put a, a, a strike through the Knights as any kind of titles challenge, title challenges, it's this game. They were they were very very poor, and they still won. Oh, whoa, what a terrible game! Yeah, less said about the better. Let's drop the table. Uh, you got the Panthers with a three point lead in the minor premiership. They're on twenty seven. Storm and Eels twenty four. Roosters Raiders twenty. Knights on nineteen. 
and the Rabbitohs on 18. That's the top seven teams. And you've got a bit of a jump to the Sharks on 16. They're in the eight, followed by the Tigers, Dragons, Seagulls, Warriors on 12, Titans on eight, Cowboys six, Broncos six, Bulldogs four. How much do you love the Bulldogs, mate? Yeah, well, we've never won a wooden spoon, so it would just maybe... Just we, if you're going to have a really bad year, I always kind of think you may as well take the wooden spoon with you. You might as well fill the trophy cabinet with the one thing. That's right. That's, that's right. The idea. Yeah. That's uh, the idea. Very, very good. Mate Duncan, we are done. It has been episode 221 of Not the Footy Show. That was nice and sharp. And that was good. That's how we've tried this for years. We've, we might have finally got the formula. We might have. Uh, you just tell me that you've got to do something at um, quarter past six and we are uh, finito. Uh, Rob Done. Cox will be back on the show probably Wednesday if I can track him down for a chat. Uh, we've got a few things we need to get and discuss with and I know I want to get you on the show more regularly as we go. It's got to make sure that um, I pick the nights where there's no mass Singer. Not mass Singer. No mass Singer. No. It will be sweet. Uh, buddy, people can follow you on Twitter, Instagram, at Mr. Peninsula. It's as it yeah. sounds. Not a lot of content. Don't go there looking for a lot of content. There's a few likes about NBA and, and Major League Baseball oh, and, you, and you Broncos. That's about someone, all you're getting. You tagged someone on Twitter today. Uh, about did. What was What was that about? He's He is the biggest Orbison fan that you've ever met. Just Only Mitch? What about love, no, love, Mitch, Mitch fan. Okay, Mitch sorry. fan. Just loves in that start. And he's a big Roosters man. I, I sit next to him at work. He's been hard to sit next to the last couple of years, up and about. And he just loves Orbo. Just loves him. And I, I still haven't heard from him. I reached out. I thought, oh, he yeah. mightn't be, you know, the, the news of Orbo retiring. So I haven't heard from him. So um, it'd be very sad. Nice, nice. But that's the type of content, type of content you get from me on Twitter. Just at least thirty seconds on the podcast. So happy days. Yeah. Uh, uh, You can get us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash NRL Podcast. I'm at NRL Tweet on Twitter and W Nicholson on Instagram. Uh, And if you're following us, uh, another account that's on Facebook and Twitter at Wimpill Cup. I've been posting quite a bit of old school content on there. Bit of knowing a Druku magic defensively. It's lovely. Couple of nights. Which you may have, and and Shane, uh, was you know Alan um, Kepnich, mate. Did, did you see that one the other day? I did, I did. It's one of my favourite, the, the Winfield Cup. It's uh, I love it, I love so it. So you can get that. It's just fa- uh, uh, Facebook.com/slash Winfield Cup and at Winfield Cup on Twitter. Uh, at some stage, I'll bother with Instagram there, mate. That's the episode. We will speak to you guys all next time, Matty. It's been a pleasure once again. Thanks for coming on. Always. Thank you, Oz. I'm ready to go and um, get ready for Marsinger now. Uh, good, good. If you can just lead us out with the uh, favourite saying of all time. Which which one? I've got a five-year deal here. Oh, Pepsi. Sorry. Goodbye, folks. It's people's escape. It's people's relaxation. And we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of... Pepsi.